Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we went to break, uh, we did uh, game day trivia for Ming Shine. And with our next guest, who's going to join us in 39 seconds time, uh, Phil Bork, about to uh, hit the airwaves here in Edmonton. The trivia question today, uh, Phil Bork played on a team in junior. Uh, Bernie Nichols led that team in scoring. The player that came in second later went on to be an NHL general manager. Who is uh, that player? And the correct answer, Brendan, was... Carson, oh, hang on. Carson got at the answer, excuse me, is uh, Scott Housen. Scott Housen, friend of the show, current uh, president of the American Hockey League, uh, two stints with the Edmonton Oilers organization and was the GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets. So there you go. We head off to our Oilers sale headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It is the best you've ever tasted. Three locations in the Edmonton and surrounding area. Search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we welcome back to the show longtime Pittsburgh Penguins color analyst, two-time Stanley Cup champion, Phil Bork. Hi, Phil. It's Bob. How you doing? Hey, Bob, I got a quick uh, story for you. I won't take much of your time. Uh, yes, I played with Scott Housen and Bernie Nichols. I lived with Bernie Nichols. We had the same billet family. And before Bernie got his $40,000 signing bonus from the L.A. Kings and bought an electric blue Trans Am, Scott Housen, who his nickname was The Rail because he was so thin when he played junior hockey, uh, he drove an AMC Pacer. Now that you might know that Bob and I yes. know what that car looks Wayne's like. Wayne's World, uh, but it looked Wayne's World, right? It looked like a fishbowl. He would pick us up in the AMC Pacer and take us to practice, uh, whether it was in the morning or the afternoon. And uh, man, I'll never forget Scotty Housen pulling up into our driveway with that AMC Pacer. Hilarious. That is a type of tor- that's the type of storytelling we're looking for. Uh, now, tell me, so what did Nichols end up buying again? A powder blue? An electric, yeah. No, no, no. Not powder. Electric blue. Uh, as bright a blue you can imagine. Bright blue, Trans Am, T-tops, the whole shebang. Uh, just to quickly add to that story, to paint the picture a little bit more. <clears throat> Excuse me. The family we live with, they own two businesses. In the summer, it was a dual drive-in. In the winter, it was a fur store. Now, for the sake of time, I'll cut to the chase here. Bernie and I both got... Both got full-length fur coats. He had a coyote. I had a long-haired beaver. So, again, just close your eyes for a second. Electric blue Trans Am, junior hockey in Kingston, plenty of snow. These two pimps roll up into the parking lot at the Kingston uh, Arena. 
I have the full-length Beaver. Bernie's got the full-length Coyote, electric blue Trans Am, a couple pimps rolling in to play junior hockey in Kingston, Ontario. That's what it's all about right there, man. I mean, we, we, can't, even, <laughs> we can't even buy that type of advertising on the show when you have a guest this good telling those stories. Now, let me ask, did you know that Scott Housen was going to be a future NHL general? The rail. I did not know his nickname was the rail because he's a bit of a closed horse himself. You know that. Like, he's a guy that he's a he's a clothing shopaholic. He liked to do that on the road. Did you know that he was going to be future NHL executive material? No, I wouldn't say I knew it, but I'm not surprised just because the way he played the game, the way he thought the game, and the way he talked to you about the game, very cerebral. He had he had multiple layers of the way he looked at the game, other players, the opponents, teammates, uh, always a little bit different. He actually played as an overage, uh, probably because of his size, before he went on to play you know, a little bit in the National Hockey League. But um, uh, he had the magic hands. He just didn't have the size to make it uh, for a long time. Andrew Cito is uh, listening out in the pot capital of Western Canada, longtime pot capital, Nelson, B.C. Can you please ask Phil Bork about the time he was on Rock'em Sock'em 4 and put the puck on the toe of his stick on a breakaway? It has never happened again in history. Classic. Phil, the floor is yours. Yeah, I took. I had blocked a shot against the Detroit Red Wings at home. Uh, Bob Badger, Bob Johnson, the late Badger, was the head coach. Uh, and by the time the puck settled down, came perfectly off my shin guards. I'm at the center stripe, and a voice said to me, "Do it, just do it now." And in practice, all the time, I used to mess with my teammates, my goaltenders, and I would take my stick and I take the toe of my stick, I pin it to the ice. And it was almost like uh, like broom ball, you know, like I like uh, I was able to just fly around with the with the puck on the toe of my stick, pinning it to the ice. I said, you know what? I'm in the entertainment business. Why the hell not? I turned it over. I came in on uh, oh boy, shovel uh, shovel day or shovel? Uh, I forget the goal. Tim shovel day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shovel day. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Tim shovel day. That's the one. I came in. I buried it into his pad. Um, it, it was a moment. Uh, the, the one thing I remember the most, it was right before the end of the period. We came in, Badger Bob came in between periods and said, all right, boys, let's go. We've got to be better on Eisenman. You know, let's get that puck in deep, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes, and he points his finger. He goes, and Bork, big pause. And all my days of coaching, I've never seen anything like that, ever. Another long pause. And he looks at me straight in the eye and goes, and I'll never see it again, right? I said, yes, coach. He goes, okay, let's go out. Let's go get him. And that was it. That's the uh, last I ever heard about it. Oh, man. We're joined right now by Phil Bork, who late now, is it true you used to come into training camp and you had the Winnebago goat? That, that story's been embellished a little bit. Um, I actually bought a uh, 40-foot uh, RV. Uh, I was living in Southern California in the offseason. So I had my, um, my brother... Um, drive with me from Southern California to Chicago where I was playing uh, in the eye towards the end of my career. And so I started looking around uh, Rosemont, you know, where they, where they live. I couldn't find a, a nicer apartment than my brand new 40 foot RV with slide outs and everything else. I was single at the time. So I said, Oh, maybe I'll just live in this thing. I, I found a, uh, uh, not an RV park, but a mobile home park, which was really nice. I mean, it wasn't the one you see in the movies, you know, where it was all broken down. This place was, was pretty fancy with, with nice landscaping. 
I went into the office. I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Uh, the woman said, you're all set. We have a pad for you. We'll hook you up. We'll winterize your whole thing. We'll, we'll put um, you know, heat tape around all your plumbing, and you'll be good to go. I was like, I'm in. So, yeah, I ended up living in my RV that whole year I played in Chicago. That is an incredible story. We're joined right now uh, by <laughs> longtime Pittsburgh Penguins analyst Phil Bark. All right, Phil, let's uh, let's switch focus here and get to the here and now. The old two niner joining us. Uh, and, and by the way, it's not Louis DeBrusque and it's not Phil Bork that uh, Leon Dreisaitl wears number 29 for. It is former Alberta Golden Bear Ben Thompson, who played for Leon's dad, Peter Dreisaitl, with Ravensburg over in the second division in Germany when Leon was a kid growing up. So there you have it. Um, there's some pretty good players on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, this team's off to a great start. They brought the band all back together, didn't they? They did. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, if you had asked me you know, back in uh, June... May or June, if I thought it was going to happen, I'd say no. It's just I don't know how it can happen. You know, we had Brian Rush, we had to resign. So Rusty goes with a team friendly contract. Uh, yeah, obviously, you had to resign uh, Kenny Malkin and, and Chris Letang. Ricard Raquel was going to be a free agent. Uh, Casey the Smith was going to be a free agent. And you want to, you know, make some changes too. Uh, and they bring in Jan Ruda. So I, I was like, how, how, there's just no way we're going to be able to fit that without the cap really moving up. Somehow they were able to do it. If Kenny Malkin takes a friendly contract at six million, Chris Letang at six million, major cuts. Chris Letang making seven and a half, five, seven point five last year. At the end of the day, this is what I'm going to say to you, Bob. The last four years, we have lost in the first round. Now it's great that we continue to make the playoffs. I don't take that for granted for a second. But when you've got this kind of lineup on the ice, of course you have to stay healthy, and of course. Major injuries to major players or a major factor to the Penguins blowing a 3-1 lead to the New York Rangers in the playoffs last year. But with all that being said, at some point, Bob, it's got to become a two-way street. The players, and I think they realize that because ownership and management went so far this year to keep the band together, as you said, that it's time that the players start paying them back by winning some playoff rounds. Yeah, now they do have Jason Zucker, uh, Dumoulin, and Jari coming off the books next year. But Jari's your guy, I would think, with all due respect to DeSmith. He's off to a great start this season. We know him. He won a Memorial Cup, maybe a surprise Memorial Cup with the Edmonton Oil Kings. They probably had a better team last year, but they had injuries and they didn't win. And even in 2012, uh, when Laurent Brassois was starting ahead of Jari, they might have had a better team. But they won in 14 in his year. So let's ask about the uh, the former Edmonton Oil King. Where is your confidence level at right now with him in the playoff? You know, a great start to this year. But head to head against the Rangers, I think we know how that ended up going. Um, can this is he still got room to grow here to become, you know, a top ten goaltender in the world? What do you think, Phil? The good heavily outweighs the bad, Bob. And let me give you the bad first because it's short and sweet. It's the playoffs. He had that terrible playoff round against the New York Islands a couple of years ago. The bad turnover in uh, in game number. Uh, Six, I believe. Game number five, I should say. Uh, and then we lose game number six. We lose that series. Everybody pinned it on him. Last year, he has a broken foot and he can't play. Guts it out. Goes up in game seven and you lose, uh, you lose in overtime to game seven. So he hasn't really had that chance yet to redeem himself in the playoffs. And that's where, where, you, where you really make your mark as a goaltender. Here's the good. I'm going to put him right now top five goaltender in the league. And if we talk again by Christmas, he will be top three. He's that good. He's starting to figure it out. Uh, whether it's 
eating habits, practice habits, you know, how you maintain your body uh, on off days, all those little things uh, to, to keep yourself healthy and keep yourself sharp, uh, as well as maturing as a person, uh, especially off the ice, settling down, pointing the arrow in the right direction. It, it's checking all the boxes, Bob, as well as, as being an incredibly just a gifted goaltender. Uh, he's really starting to figure it out, and he's He's on his way to being an elite goaltender in this league. Yeah, Phil, I, you know what? If people listen to the show, I mean, a couple years ago, and now I mean, the Oilers took the plunge here with Campbell five times five. But when he was on the ropes a bit there in Pittsburgh after that tough playoff, I'm like, go get him now. Go get him now. Go yeah. get him now. There's something there. We have gone 11 minutes, and seven of it has been, you know, you're a great storyteller. That's something that you and Rob Brown both do really well. We've gone this long in the conversation. We haven't even talked about Crosby versus McDavid. Now, last year, Connor had yeah. a good go. You know, he's the first star in both games, goal and four points in both games, plus seven. Somehow, one of the writers in Pittsburgh there didn't see him as one of the top five players in the world last year. I don't, I don't know what he saw when Edmonton played Pittsburgh. Does it still matter to Sidney Crosby, especially factoring in that Connor had a bit of an upper hand last year after Sid kind of ran the show earlier in Connor's career? Of course it does. Uh, there's pride, right? Um, you always want to stay on top of the mountain. And for years and years, everybody, myself included, I think you would too, Bob, would say it's the best. He's on top of the mountain. But yep. this kid, 97, has come along, and uh, he's right there too. And he's pushing Sid off the mountain. Um, you know, I think the guy in, in Denver might have something to say about it too. But in the meantime, if you talk to any real hockey fan that really watches the games and the ins and the outs and they appreciate all the, the little things, it's Sid and Connor. And, and whether you know it's a good week by Connor or a good week by Sid, that can fluctuate back and forth. I don't think that's why those guys play the game is to say, oh, you're the number one guy in the league. You're the best player in the world. I don't think that's why they play. But when it comes to head-to-head, I think they always want to walk out of the building feeling like they got the better of the other guy and feel like I still got it. For Sid, I still got it. And for Connor to feel like, yes, I can be that guy. So it's not the be-all, end-all. And uh, you know as well as I do, at the end of the day, uh, you don't want to be that guy that has the butt after his name, right, Bob? Because right now, I love – I rush home. If I know you guys 100%. are playing, I rush home to watch you guys play. But at the end of the day, but. until he wins the Stanley Cup, it'll be – Connor McDavid was the greatest player in the world, but – Got to build a better team around them. That comes with the territory. That's not just on the player. Enough. You know, Fair that, I know no, that. It's not, it's not tennis. It's not lawn darts. It's not golf. I get that. It's a team sport. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave you with this. You mentioned the fact that uh, Bernie Nichols was attired. You and Bernie both were wearing the furs. Back. He wore uh, a prominent fur coat when he was in Edmonton. He rolled in one time late in his career. I think he was with San Jose. And him and Marty McSorley, a.k.a. Marty the Smarty, decide to play a practical joke on uh, on Glenn Sather. And they toilet papered and uh, uh, shaving creamed his, his, <laughs> his vehicle, okay? They got him real good. And Slats found out who it was. And all I'm going to say oh. to you is Slats came up to him and he paraphrased Bob Johnson. Boys, wow. that's, that's only happening once. <laughs> And, and the next time, the next time, Bernie came into town, 
Bernie got hassled, if you know what I mean. Wherever he went, they took care of him. Suddenly, some unique people showed up at special places where Bernie was at. Bernie, we need to check something. It was uh, it only happened once. Phil, love having you on. Thanks for your time. All right, Bob. Enjoy it. Like always, this was. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> what? I think you're going to have to uh, save that uh, interview. What do you think, Brendan? We got it on lock, absolutely. All right, that was Phil Bork, longtime Pittsburgh Penguins radio analyst, does a great job with uh, Josh Gutsoff. That's a it's a good broad. You know what, Brendan? For whatever reason, it seems like I get a lot of their games on NHL radio when I'm driving to the rink sometimes, or maybe I just got it. Like they go with a lot on NHL Network, or I'm going to them because they're pretty entertaining. Uh, we're gonna wrap up with this day in Oilers history. It is 1:51 in Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers now. I saw Amps. Amsterdam yesterday afternoon. I spent a day in Amsterdam this summer. Good for you. It was fun. Yeah? I've not seen the movie, though. Yeah. Somehow I think your day in Amsterdam was better. The movie was okay. It was just different. It was really different. Uh, hey, there was some... You can never go wrong with some of the actors that were in uh, Amsterdam. Who was the guy from American Psycho again that played the lead character? He was in Amsterdam. Yeah, that guy... He talks all the time about getting the jobs that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't get. Christian Bale. He was good. Let me tell you, he was real good. Royal Pizza. Pizza Pasta is so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Everything's real at Royal. Stop for recommendation at Royal Mediterranean Chicken. We go to List Day and Oilers History. It's presented by New West Travel this January. You can join us on an Oilers Now three-day roadie to Vegas. Reach out to NewWestTravel.com. Here's Brendan Escott. 1981, the Oilers outshoot the Colorado Rockies 53-19 in a 3-1 win at McNichols Sports Arena in Denver. Chico Resch made 50 saves for Colorado, while Mark Messier scored twice for Edmonton. Gretzky scoring the other. So... They're all in the, the broadcast business now. Chico Resch works on the New Jersey Devils broadcast. Mark Messi at ESPN. Wayne Gretzky at TNT. Wayne from the Edmonton operation. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. We're flying tomorrow. And I'm going to tell you that Frank Cervelli for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta will be one of Brendan Escott's guests with live thoroughbred racing every Friday and Saturday at Century Mile. For more information, go to horses.com. We... We'll have the uh, face-off show, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, and myself, 4.30 today. 6 p.m. puck drop. It's going to be a beauty. The Oilers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Again, Brendan and Frank Cervelli on tomorrow's show. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Christina Drapo, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to uh, 3. And then the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jay Lynn today from 3 to 4.30. Back at you at 4.35.